I'm Eric Harris. And I'm Kim Fleck. And this is Healing is in Your Hands. The purpose of this podcast is to share our perspective on holistic healing and how you can take back your healing power. Let's listen to a clip of today's guest. I'm Rachel, and I'm the owner and creative director at Cinder and Salt. For as long as I can remember, I've been in love with the earth. In fourth grade, I learned that soda bottles could be recycled into carpeting. That was a game-changing moment for me. I have long since believed that everything we need in life already exists. We just need to make it our own. I come from a family of artists and of entrepreneurs. I love creating, I love working, and I love doing good by the planet. Cinder and Salt is the product of those passions. My dad started teaching me to screen print when I was 10. I fell in love with the process, the repetition, each pull an opportunity to hone my skills. My father sold me his printing equipment in 2014 when I founded Cinder and Salt. Today we still print every single shirt we sell on the press I learned to print on. Many of the inks we use are as old as I am, and we don't intend to buy anymore. Our process is guided by the materials we already have, and developed by the things we find. I believe in small business handmade and hard work, and most importantly, in this beautiful earth. Each day we strive to create fresh, fun designs that our customers will love with the quality and integrity that will last for as long as they want to wear them. Our name, Cinder and Salt, is inspired by the residue of a weekend well spent, the scent of campfire on your clothes and the taste of salt water on your skin. Find us where style meets sustainability. We are actually taping this episode on Earth Day, and we decided to bring on my friend Rachel DeCavage, who is one of the most Earth-conscious people I know. We will be talking about her mission of her small business, Cinder and Salt, and her initiatives around sustainability. I've been to her flagship store many times. To me, it's like anthropology, but cooler because it's got an eco-beach vibe. She even has a sustainable living section in her store. You'll find out more about Rachel after a brief word from our sponsor, the Wu Healing Center. The Wu Healing Center is located in West Hartford, Connecticut and Maynard, Mass. The mission of the Wu Healing Center is to educate, inspire, and empower people to take control of their own health and well-being. They provide world-class traditional Chinese medicine, Tai Chi, and Qigong practitioners focused on empowering Qi, enhancing health, and healing the mind, body, and spirit. They provide long-distance Taoist TCM educational classes to teach families how to heal each other and spread Taoist Chinese medicine to the world. To learn more about Dr. Ming Wu and his health and healing philosophy, you can go to wuhealing.com. And we encourage you to visit the Wu Healing Center page on Facebook and click on Membership to learn about their closed group for live classes, educational materials, and more. Welcome, Rachel. It's wonderful to finally have you by the treehouse for today's episode. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So when you came in, you were telling us a little bit about this bag initiative in Middletown. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah. So about a week ago, Middletown passed a citywide ban on single-use plastic bags, which will be going into effect early October this year. And um, around the time we were campaigning it, I put a bid out to the city to produce 3,000 tote bags to give away to residents who couldn't afford their own bag, and we just nailed that offer today, so it's going to happen. So it's really fun uh, Earth Day news for us. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. 
So what was the inspiration behind your business name, Cinder and Salt? So our name, Cinder and Salt, is inspired by the residue of a weekend well spent, the smell of campfire on your clothes, and the taste of salt water on your skin. And when I was naming the brand, I really wanted it to evoke good feelings about the planet. Um, and that's kind of what we try to accomplish with our stores. Just not really, we, we try to be a beacon of eco-optimism instead of drowning people with like all the bad news about the planet. I want them to come and be like, yeah, I love camping and yeah, I love surfing. And we kind of want a, our name to bring out those good feelings for people. Eco-optimism, I love that. Yeah. What a great tagline. <laughs> what core values drive Cinder and Salt? So when I was starting out and when I was in college and younger, all the eco-friendly clothing was like made out of hemp and it was all different shades of brown and some olive green. And so I really wanted to start a clothing brand. I've always loved fashion and I wanted it to be fresh and fun and colorful and bright. And uh, so one of our values is to have like fun, playful clothing that's not boring, but it's still really good for the planet. And I personally also believe that everything we need in life already exists on the earth. So we are committed to using sustainable materials. So all the ink that we print with is over 30 years old. We wow. we pulled it from other businesses that were going under. And so we are limited to the materials that we can find in order to create our products. So a lot of my designs are based on like, oh man, I have two gallons of brown ink. I better start making some brown designs like bears and whatever trees so uh, <laughs> so we're always like just kind of designing based on what we have and it's getting it's starting to get really challenging I'm, I'm really running low on certain colors i have like no blue left which is terrifying because blue is a beautiful color but yeah it's a fun it's a it's a creative journey i guess awesome so let's talk about what you would do if you run out of blue ink i mean i love blue it's all about the ocean and the earth so what are we gonna do yeah so um so I have this ink I've been avoiding for a long time because it's from the 90s and it's puff ink, which was really popular for a while, but it's like pretty terrible stuff. Um, so, you know, your screen prints are like very puffy and three-dimensional. So I've been tinkering with that because I do have some blue puff ink and it's, it's, it's just weird stuff. So I've been trying to tinker with it and mix it with other different types of inks. We have like a reducer ink that thins things out. We have a hardening ink that will make things more crackly and tough. So I've been trying to, um, you know, play with chemistry a little bit to make these inks work, work for me. Um, the other option too is that we, we bring in water-based inks sometimes, which are more eco-friendly, but they're still not super perfect. So I don't really like purchasing them, but we did get some just in case you know, people like we have, we do a lot of custom work and if somebody wants navy blue and I'm like, well, I ran out of navy blue a year ago, um, I can at least still fill their order and still feel good about it because it's not like a super terrible material to work with. But I mean, at some point, maybe I will completely run out of ink if we get super famous and big and print 1 million shirts. And in that case, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to find something so, and I'll make something else out of it. How do you get the ink now from other businesses so, that donated to you? Yeah, so a business was closing, so I bought out all of their materials. And I basically just bought like boxes and boxes of ink. And a lot of it's, you know, you have like a couple ounces of one color or you have a gallon right. of another color. So um, once every couple of years I go through and I organize my inks and I look at like all the different colors and shades I have and I try to figure out what I have enough of to last me for a long time. Um, so a lot of dark brown in the mix this year. I have a lot of brown and I have a lot of purple. So I mixed purple and brown together and made this cool, like muddy mushroom color that That's I really cool. love. Yeah. So, and it's al an alternative to black or navy, which would be like a more common color I would have used in the past. But now I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this mud color. Um, and I kind of just work with that. Is that, uh, listeners can't see right now, but I'm rocking the dinosaur one. Yeah. Is that why this is now officially really extinct? <laughs> 
Um, I am very low on green. Um, I probably only have about a quart of like Kelly green left. So that's, it's like a tough, it's a tough color. I have a lot of mint green that I don't know what to do with, but yeah, I mean, that it was pastel, also like, that yeah, pastel like a sea foam. Mm. Yeah. It's a little tough to work with, but I'll figure it out. Well, and now I know why I'm wearing a purple shirt. See, because we went down to the store the other day and to check and take out some pictures. And I also, uh, you know, wanted to get a shirt for Kim and I. And I got the men's one was of Earth Day every day, which is what I'm all about, especially on today. And and I was like, oh, I don't usually wear purple, but yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. And I tried it on. I'm like, wow, this looks good. You know, so it, I look fabulous. <laughs> look at me, Earthwalker. <laughs> Yeah, I love color. Anybody comes to our store, it's like it's like a rainbow when you walk in. Um, so anytime there's a new unique shirt color, I'm like, ooh, what do I have that will work on that? And that's like a current favorite of mine, the one you're wearing. It's a beautiful shade of purple. So do you um, bring in local artists to work at your store? Yeah. Um, so we have, Eric mentioned earlier, we have a sustainable living section. And a lot of the product in that area isn't necessarily local. It's all made in the USA, but not necessarily New England, but we have items like reusable drinking straws, dryer balls, candles, bees wrap. Most of these things are made in New England. As far as Connecticut vendors, we kind of swap out different artisans every year. Like around the holidays, we'll bring in some candle makers or beauty products. Um, and I try to keep it fresh and try new things all the time. But yeah, we do have we have a lot of other stuff in the store. Do you have an art degree too? Well, I went to Bennington College in Vermont, which is a pass-fail college, and there's like no curriculum you basically just do whatever you want at that school so that sounds like a, a really great school it's yeah. such amazing it was amazing <laughs> i did ceramics printmaking fashion and sculpture those were my four classes every semester for four years so that's broad-based studios yeah i mean i don't have an art degree but yes i kind of do well yeah. i have an art degree and it doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean much let me tell you <laughs> we will be right back after a brief word from our sponsor Healing is in Your Hands is sponsored by Ralphie's Retreat, a no-kill shelter located in western Maine dedicated to cats who have been diagnosed with feline leukemia. Ralphie's opened in July of 2013 with the mission of providing FELV cats from all over the United States with healthy, happy, long lives. Some come from homes where their owners could no longer care for them or from shelters that euthanize cats just for testing positive. Ralphie's treats leukemia with both Western and alternative medicines. The cats have access to natural light, beautiful indoor spaces, a fenced yard with climbable trees, butterflies, and more. We hope that you will consider donating or sponsoring some of Ralphie's fabulous felines. You can learn about Ralphie's life-saving work and their beautiful feline friends at ralphiesretreat.org. That's Ralphie's, R-A-L-P-H-I-E-S, Retreat. Dot org. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. With your help, we can change the outlook for FELV cats around the country through love, compassion, advocacy, and education. When you state that Cinder and Salt is all about zero waste and utilizing fabric scrap, what does that mean? Yeah, so that's kind of a twofold question. So our print shop is zero waste. And we create waste when we're screen printing. We have to tape up the screens and use paper sometimes. So we take all of that stuff and run it through our conveyor dryer, which is 350 degrees. It's how we cure the ink on the shirts. So we cure the ink on our tape that we use on the screens. And then we 
we have boxes at the end of the dryer and we just cram all this old tape and paper and stuff that's covered in ink into like sculptures. And if you've been to our store, you might've seen our coral reef sculptures. It's all made out of trash. Um, and my goal now is I've kind of been deconstructing them and rebuilding these coral reefs on platforms that are on wheels so that I can donate them to like museums and, and aquariums and things like that as an educational piece for children to kind of learn about the amount of waste that's in the ocean. Yeah. So, that. so that's kind of the zero waste portion of things. So everything that we use at work goes into like these boxes of trash, if, if you will, um, and turns into art. Um, then the other part about fabrics is um, I have a home studio as well. So when I'm not at work, I'm often working in my home studio because it's very therapeutic for me to make things. And I save every single fabric scrap ever, like even every little snip of thread that I cut off of something. And around the holidays, we launched two years ago, we launched a collection of Christmas ornaments that we call plushy ornaments. And we basically screen print a design and then make like a little stuffed animal ornament. And it is stuffed with fabric scraps. So little pieces of threads, little snippets of fabric. So those are 100% upcycled. And then we also in our store year round have home decor items like pillows, wall hangings, um, cloth napkins. And those are all made out of vintage fabrics and vintage scraps as well. So there's, I can, like, you can pick up a tote bag, one of our scrappy totes, as I call them, and I can tell you where every scrap of fabric came from on that bag. love that. That is really cool. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I try to just recycle and reuse everything in the world, because as an artist, I always consider myself a mixed media artist, because I always want to do good for the planet. It seems crazy to me to go to Michael's or an art store and buy all these materials when there's so many materials in your own life. You're just not thinking of them that way. Think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, use what you have. Uh Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So that's like um, what I do with tea, actually. I've been saving for years. I dry out all of my tea, and then I've made some tea pillows out of them. Oh, Ming does that. Yeah, I learned it from Ming. Yeah. So I I have a whole cabinet upstairs that's loaded with all dried tea. I remember he told me to do that. I was like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to store all this tea? Yeah, I've I've kind of, I haven't really done the project in a little bit, so I've kind of filled my quota of what I can store, but I'm composting, you know, a lot of the rest of the tea now. But I I have like pounds of dried (laughs) tea that I'm drinking. I love the ornament idea, though. Like, that sounds so cute. Yeah, they're pretty adorable. (laughs) Awesome. I've actually been making Christmas ornaments all year. That's awesome. It's the way to do it. It's very weird. Like, I was making some last night. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. (laughs) Well, I love Christmas, so (laughs) So it sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) She got snowflakes hanging down. (laughs) The best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing it loud for all the year. Um, so when I went to your store, I saw you had some boxes that people can actually drop off some of their trash. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, we have collection bins in the store and we created them, uh, as a way for us as a company to find a new use for materials we go through a lot of. So we have a collection bin for plastic bottle caps. And if you've been to the store, you've seen this giant world map that we're building. We can talk more about that later. But we also have wax label sheets from like our size labels and shipping labels, all that wax paper they come on, can't be recycled. We collect um, food wrappers. I'm like really into chips. I ate way too many chips. So I was like, oh God, we need a collection bin for chip bags. And then also um, packing materials. A lot of shipments come in these like plastic envelope pouchy things that nobody knows what to do with. from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So you can bring all of those items to our store and put them in our collection bins, and we turn them into other things, mostly art and, like, window displays and things like that. 
Um, so we really encourage people to bring things in, and I'm really encouraging people to bring in their plastic bottle caps because we are making a large piece of artwork. It's a 14-foot wide map of the world. It's about eight feet tall, and it's color-coded. So the ocean is blue, and the continents are ranged between yellow, orange, red, and green based on temperate zones. Um, and there's a lot of ocean in the world, so we're trying to fill it in with blue bottle caps. So bring us your bottle caps, and we will turn it into art. I was yeah. just going to ask you about the the big world bottle yeah. cap. <laughs> My question, too, is um, do you get local schools to help you with kids doing that, like little so projects? So we get that question a lot, and um, no <laughs> is the answer. I'm really a particular – I mean, I'm an, I'm an artist in the end, and, like, I'm very particular about how things are made. So a lot of people have been like, can I glue a bottle cap on? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. This is my piece that I'm working on. Oh, no, I, I mean, do they don't – maybe you could get oh, them to the donate. Donate. I would not love touch. them to. Not touch. <laughs> no, touch. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they not, can't glue it on. Not move <laughs> things around. Yeah. No. yeah um, there are a couple people in the community that are really active, and they come in, like, every couple of weeks with a big bag of caps. Um, I haven't reached out specifically to any schools. It's like another one of those things that I've never had time for, but I think it would be a great thing to get kids involved in because a lot of kids come in the store and they're like, whoa, you know, and they spend a lot of time looking at the map. So, and I'm hoping to one day when it's finished, donate it maybe to Kid City or another like children's museum. Because that's like an Instagrammable yeah. piece to have people come up in, you know, and, and, and the kids not I, I totally get it. Like, you don't want someone to touch it. I, I, I hear you. <laughs> 100%. But imagine if you could have the kids do one yeah. themselves, like, in their classrooms, and they all had to, like, show their maps that are based on Cinder and Salt's map. That'd yeah. That would be pretty that, cool. That would be great. I'd love, I love it when people come in and are inspired to do their own work based yeah. on what we have in the store. That's really an aim for us. Yeah. So I was checking out your blog, and I saw you had – this blog post titled Our Complicated Relationship with Straws. Can you talk a little bit more <laughs> about like that? Sounds like a bad dating yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was just thinking about that this morning. Um, we have a lot of different straws at our stores. So we have glass straws, paper straws, stainless steel, um, silicone, hay straws. So we have every kind of sustainable straw you could ask for at the store. And the reason it was really important to me was, um, you know, not only is it really trending right now for people to have their own straw, mostly because of that sea turtle video, um, which we do link in our blog post as well. Sea turtle has a straw stuck in his nose. Um, but I've always had a, I've always like given myself the straw card because I'm such a big environmentalist. I do as much as I can for the planet, but I love drinking out of a straw. And um, people are like, just don't use straws. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't not use a straw. I love using a straw. So for a long time, I'd be like, whatever, I do everything for the planet, I'm going to let it slide, I'm going to use a plastic straw. And then I was like, this is like a thing I really got to get over. So that blog post is really about my very complicated relationship with straws, because I want to do better all the time, but it, it's, you know, it's always been something I let slide. So I have fully converted now, I no longer use any plastic straws. But, um, but yeah, we have an option for everyone at the store. So if you like, like, you know, when we have stainless steel straws, some people don't like the taste of metal. So we have glass straws. Or someone's like, I like to chew on my straw. So we got silicone straws. Or people oh, like, I never heard that one. The yeah, they're, kinda, on they're pretty cool. Because oh, I yeah. have the glass straws yeah. and the glass travel straws. And, you know. Yeah. You probably would want to chew on those. No, yeah. but I, I love, and I get them in different sizes for, for smoothies. And then I have a travel one with a travel case and it has a little cleaner. Yeah. And they come with little turtles or 
different designs on them. And I gave them as stocking stuffer gifts too. Wow. You know what's so funny is I became one of those people that stopped using straws. And I just like don't use straws. I mean, I also don't like buy food and stuff and um, out and drinks. And so where they're going to give me a straw, but I just. I you don't just, like straws? I don't really use them. Ever. I, I rock glass straws every day. I don't do it all and ever. You don't drink your juice with a straw? No. If I, I don't, don't use why. a straw, I spill things yeah. all over yeah. myself. I, I probably, yeah, I probably should. Maybe I'm spilling things all over myself. I don't know. But but a while back with the whole straw thing, I'm like, I'm just not going to use any straws. No, like, that's good. I wish I had that So result. maybe what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go to your store, I'm going to bring my trash, and then I'm going to buy a straw, and then I'm going to start using straws. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to take a picture of that. Yeah. And, and put, put it on Instagram. Instagram. My current favorite straw that we have, I'm just going to throw this out there, is the hay straw. So um, single-use straws can be helpful for things like when you have a party or a lot of people are having drinks. But paper, people complain that paper gets soggy. So we just got hay straws, which are literally just pieces of hay. It's like nature's straw. And I just think they're the most amazing thing ever. They don't get crumply like paper does. Um, There's no, like, production in the way that you have to, like, make paper and turn it into a straw. And they can compost. So they're just, like, such a great product. That's a win-win. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to have a hay straw party. Hay yeah. straw. Hey. <laughs> it's going to happen. You know that. It's going to happen now, right? Yeah. We're going to be videoing it. Yeah. <laughs> we will be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. Healing is in Your Hands is sponsored by... Brand Feel is social media for social good. Everything we do, we do with the idea of bringing good to the world. And Chief for Healing, using holistic healing practices to connect the mind, body, and spirit. Healing is in Your Hands is looking for sponsors who share our mission to educate and empower through holistic healing. If your business is interested in becoming a sponsor, email us at healingisinyourhands at gmail.com. Or you can click the link at the bottom of the description in your app to make a monthly donation of as little as 99 cents a month. So you are a very busy woman, Rachel, clearly. So let's chat a little bit about this beach and street cleanup program you started, and maybe you can give our listeners some details. Yeah, so hosting a beach cleanup was this huge goal of mine two years ago. I just thought, oh, that'll be like the pinnacle of my career, host a beach cleanup. Uh, and I was so nervous about it. I, I didn't know the first thing about doing that. I'd never even been to a beach cleanup. So I partnered with Save the Sound, and they organized the whole thing. I just made a donation to them, and we just showed up the morning of. I got 75 people to register. They said most of their beach cleanups, they got like 12 people to come out. And I was like, we're definitely going to kill that number. So <laughs> we had 75 people registered. We planned this big beach party at the store afterward, and it was a torrential downpour. Oh, like it no. rained so hard. It was the hardest rain I'd ever seen. So nobody came out, and nobody came to our beach party, and it was just a complete bust, and I was devastated. So... We ended up holding it the next day, and we had all this gear that had that Save the Sound had provided, which was very awesome of them. But I looked at it, and I was like, I can do a better job. <laughs> so they, um, you know, they provide gloves for people to wear so that you don't have to pick up trash with your hands, but all the gloves they had were individually polybagged. So we were creating a lot of garbage by putting these gloves on. Yeah. And then we also had these big black trash bags, and I was like, oh, God, I hate using all these big plastic bags. So... The following year, which was last year, I was like, I'm going to host my own beach cleanups and I'm going to do it as eco-friendly as possible. So we hosted three beach cleanups and one street cleanup right in Middletown. And we picked up 418 pounds of trash last year. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, So we pick up, we send out volunteers with trash grabbers and gloves, but the gloves come in a paper carton. So we don't have a lot of waste from that. 
and we use five-gallon buckets from the hardware store. So people bring back the buckets when they're full, and then I empty them in the trash. Um, So that's been a a really great way to do it. It's not very wasteful. We also provide, um, we bring gallons of water, and we have people bring their own water bottles, so there's no water bottle waste either. So this year, my goal is to pick up 1,000 pounds of trash. So we are hosting four beach cleanups and four street cleanups. And we've partnered with a couple other local companies, including Yelp and the Rockfall Foundation and Pedal Power, which is a bicycle store in Middletown. And we are um, we have our first one, I believe, May 18th at Hammonasset Beach. And our last one will be probably in September or October. If you go to cinderandsalt.com, there's an events calendar, and there's a registration page for every beach and street cleanup that we have. They're free to attend. They're two hours long. You just show up. We give you all the supplies you need. We have some snacks and water for people. And then you get a free volunteer t-shirt at the end. So it's a really nice, fun activity to do on the weekends. It's kid-friendly. You're doing good for the planet. You get a free shirt. It's like Okay, so you see my face, right? Yeah, so it looks like (laughs) healing is in your hands is going on a field trip. (laughs) To do a a beach cleanup. (laughs) Sounds great. Yes, we are. (laughs) And and my favorite thing in the world are t-shirts. It's true. It's like... It's an addiction. Like she wears two all the time. So she'll wear a long sleeve and then she'll wear a t-shirt on top of the long sleeve. I don't know if you noticed that. Is it dog friendly? Um, So the street cleanups, yeah. I mean, you have to bring, you know, your dog has to be on a leash. I believe at Hammonasset, your dog can be on the trails, but not on the beach. Okay. Um, Maybe just want to double check with the state park regulations on dogs. Um, But yeah. I, yeah, I think with him and Asset, it's in season, so yeah. you can't have dogs. I think off-season, you oh, could probably okay. bring them kind of thing. Yeah, so. so our first one on May 18th, that's before the season begins, and that's a great one to go to because there's a ton of trash. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not great that there's a ton of trash, but yeah. they have beachcombers every night that will clean up the trash on the beach starting Memorial Day and ending Labor Day. Uh, so right now, there's a lot of stuff in the sand. Um, and a lot of things coming up in the water. And that's the stuff that the animals will eat. Whereas in the summer, like in July and August when we do it, there's just a lot of trash, like on the campgrounds and on the trails from people visiting the beach. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's yeah. like when I see, when I used to go fishing a lot, and like, and I'd, I'd always bring bags to pick up stuff, and they would be filled, you yeah. know? And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be out here connecting with nature. and yeah. But I guess that's not what people are always yeah. doing when they're doing that, so... Well, we definitely, need, we definitely, definitely need to go yeah. do a healing in, is in your hands. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. So with or with, I'd take my dog with me everywhere. It's okay. kind of like, but if he can't go, it's okay. Yeah. But I just want to. It's kind of like an issue that she takes her dog <laughs> everywhere. But, you know, no, we love her dog. <laughs> if you saw Finnegan, you'd know why. <laughs> yeah, he's really cute. <laughs> so before you go, Rachel, can you share with us any info about your spring and summer clothing lines? Yeah. Um, so we have a couple core collections that I build on every year. So we have our camp collection, our coastal collection, our eco collection, which is the Earth Day everyday shirt you're wearing. Um, and in the summer, I focus a lot on our surf collection, which isn't just about like surf style and like the sport of surfing, but also about reefs and like surf as in the sea. So um, this year we launched a lot of sea creature designs, including starfish, manta rays, sea turtles have been really big. Um, so you can really come in now and see, like the seahorses, great white shark. We have a lot of a lot of different animals now. So it's kind of an exciting, fun time of year for me because I love color and I love sea creatures. So we have a great like surf collection building up right now. Coastal collection is also our um, kind of New England inspired. It's all red, white, and blue-ish of a color palette. 
um, a lot of knots, ship's wheels, anchors, things like that. But they're very New England and like summer in New England styles. Um, and then the eco collection, I'm also really trying to build on. So I started that last fall and I was like, I'm just going to make shirts that say things that I like. So I'm going to make the shirt that says, I love nature and nature is my favorite. And then <laughs> Earth Day every day and there is no planet B. And they have actually been our best-selling styles for the past few months. Um, in fact, Earth Day every day, we wholesale to about 160 stores right now, and we have stores buying like hundreds of those shirts at a time. Awesome. They're doing really, really well. So it's a very exciting, um, I mean, it's really exciting for me because I'm like, oh my God, people are buying like my Earth Day shirts. But it's also like, wow, people people will wear this. Like it's not just me that wants this. So, um, so that's been a really exciting collection to work on as well. And since it is Earth Day, you know, I always, you know, it's always my favorite holiday because it's, you know, always Earth Day every day for me, but it's not like that for everybody. And yeah. and it's and I love that you're doing something that's making more awareness for people and kind of shifting their perspective to make it Earth Day every day for them. Yeah. So. And one thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is there's so many people that don't really think about the earth or the planet. They're like, "Oh, the environment isn't my thing or I don't care about climate change." And I'm like, "Well, Oh, and actually, I just talked to a guy that believes in, like, the flat Earth philosophy. And he was going on and on telling me how, like, all the science backs it and Earth is flat. And I was like, honestly, I don't care what shape you think the Earth is. Like, do you like living here? He's like, I love living here. And I was like, cool. Then, like, we can get along. But I was like, you know, aside from having air to breathe and water to drink and, like, literally the things that we need to survive, like, I like gravity. I like not being, like, space dust in the universe. I'm like, man, like, being anchored in place being able to do stuff like that's a great thing and earth is really like the one thing that all humans have in common like it it unites us more than anything it's we all call earth home and so when you're really looking for something to bridge the gap with people that you just don't see eye to eye on with we share the same home no matter what no matter what you want to think about it and if you think you need to take care of it but it's true we do well i just want to thank you for coming on and sharing you know a bright light <laughs> Um, that is needed these days um, in terms of sustainability and all the fabulous programs you're bringing to Connecticut. So thank you very much for thank sharing Thank you. This. It's an honor. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks. Listen, as we wanted to give you an update on our previous guest, who also happens to be our podcast producer, Craig Norton, from the episode Rhythms of Life. His documentary has officially launched. So what's going on, Craig? Well, it's been two years of production all over the world and a year of editing with a dude up in New Brunswick, Canada, who's completely off the grid. And um, he's been, we've been bouncing the, the editing back and forth and it is done. And I literally just got the uh, final files this morning wow. and, um, and we're ready to uh, start duplicating DVDs and uh, selling them. And uh, reaching out to the drumming community initially as a grassroots network to uh, screen the film in communities all around the country, all around the world for uh, like drum circle facilitators or people who, who love to go to drum circles um, and organize them. Uh, can show the film and then do a drum circle like immediately after so people can experience what they just saw in the film. Oh, that's going to be cool. I know. Yeah, we're super excited to uh, to uh, kind of blow this out into the world in a very grassroots uh, uh, way. And also talking to some 
film festivals and hoping to to get into those and then eventually it'll be streaming and available online uh but probably not for a little while for that um so i just wanted to kind of you know check in with you guys i really appreciate you guys uh uh uh, giving me the space to talk about it a couple of episodes ago and um and now we're just ready to let it rip uh the website is www.rolodoc.com and on facebook it's uh, rhythms of life documentary so check in with us and uh, if you're interested in hosting a screening or um, if you know about a film festival in your neighborhood that uh, you think it might be interesting for then uh, we'd love to uh, get it out there that's great craig so excited for you thanks man listeners we want to hear from you and how you're using sustainable practices in your life you can use the anchor app to leave us an audio message or use your phone's voice memo app to record a message and email it to us at healing is in your hands at gmail.com you may hear yourself in a future episode of healing is in your hands now it's time for a meditative moment honoring mother earth When we consciously choose to connect with the earth, we are connecting with our ancestors, bringing us back to when times were simpler. Being a part of nature was being a part of life. There was no separation. We did not live without this connection. We walked close to the earth at all times. When we take time to breathe, to hear the world around us, to truly see a plant or tree, to feel the soil at our feet, it is then that we truly know what it means to be alive. When we are close to nature, the aspects of kindness, love, and compassion move through us. When we move with the cycles of nature, there is life, there is death, and then there is being reborn again. This teaches us how to move through life with grace. We learn what it truly means to have patience, acceptance, and surrender to what is. Once we deeply feel this connection, it never goes away. We can come back to it at any time. If we all feel this connection, we will find more things to unite us than to divide us. Because when we feel the connection with all of life, there is no separation, only oneness with Mother Earth and all of her creatures. Visit Rachel's flagship store at 520 Main Street in Middletown, Connecticut. You can learn more about Rachel's environmental initiatives at cinderandsalt.com. Find her on Instagram at cinderandsalt, on Facebook and Pinterest at cinderplussalt. 
Thanks for joining us. As always, follow us on all our social platforms, Facebook and Instagram, Healing is in Your Hands, Twitter, Healing is in You One, and of course, on Snapchat at Feral20 and Earthwalker11. Tune in for the next episode. We will be taping the Be and Wellness panel discussion on holistic healing for chronic pain. Production of Healing is in Your Hands and musical interludes are by Craig Norton. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends. And if you have a minute, rate and review Healing is in Your Hands on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Until next time, friends, I'm Kim Fleck. And I'm Eric Harris. And remember that healing is in your hands.